Matthew Slater, one of his teammates, that he is a man of great dignity and character, and he treats everybody the same. He's known to be an active volunteer in his community, the, one of the most active volunteers on the Patriots team. He's known to give money to the poor and to victims of natural disaster. And then my favorite comment was reading sort of reactions to this news that he earned the Bart Star Award. My favorite comment came from a mother who was thanking him. She said, thank you, Matthew, for spending time with my son Richard while he was in the hospital receiving chemo. Your visit made his birthday. Well, when he got this news that he um, had received this award, he gave a press conference and he said this. he, He said, I give credit to the Lord Jesus. And he said, I'm a man far from perfect, but the Lord has done a lot of great things in my life. So he's being recognized for his character qualities. And then he is saying the reason... There is some goodness in me is because of the goodness of my Savior. He's reflecting in his life the character, something of the character of Christ. And for that, he's distinctive. He stands out. Well, I bring that up because this is exactly what Jesus is saying. We are called to be as disciples of Christ. This is what Jesus is calling us to in the Sermon on the Mount. As Christians, we are to be a distinctive people for the good of others and for the glory of God. We should live our life in such a way that we stand out and that is good for the world and it will bring praise to God. So last week we looked at the Beatitudes, which are the distinctive character qualities of followers of Jesus Christ of people who have committed themselves to living under the rule and reign of God. That's the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God. And Jesus starts the Sermon on the Mount by listing the character qualities of people who live under the rule and reign of God. Distinctive qualities of character, like poverty of spirit, like showing mercy, like purity of heart, and meekness, and peacemaking, and even being willing be persecuted for Jesus' sake. Distinctive character qualities. And now, in today's reading, we see that Jesus talks about the distinctive influence that such people will have in the world. The distinctive role that we are to have as disciples of Jesus Christ in the world. How can we influence the world? What is our role in this culture that's increasingly becoming post-Christian. Well, Jesus gives us two main images to think about in this passage, and that's what I want to talk about today. Salt and light. Salt and light. We won't get to the rest of the passage this morning, but I just want to focus on that section from 13 through 16, where he talks about salt and light. He also uses another image in verse 14, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. But I think that's related to this image of light. So let's just reflect on that this morning. Again, he's teaching us this is what our role ought to be. This is what our role is as disciples of Jesus Christ. First of all, salt. What does that convey? Well, in Jesus' day, 
people use salt in two main ways. One we're very familiar with, which is a flavoring for food. They use salt to flavor their food just like we do, to enrich food, to enhance it, to bring out the taste of meat and fish and whatever else they use to flavor their, or uh, whatever other foods they use to, uh, what am I trying to say here? You know what I'm trying to say. Whatever they ate and put salt on. Um, and salt brings out some distinctive flavors. It brings out um, sweetness and sour. And then I discovered a new word in my research on salt. This word, you might know it, but I would never come across it. It's a Japanese word, umami. You know that word? Umami. Some people knew it in the 9 o'clock service. But that means savoriness or meatiness. So salt makes meat meatier. It enhances food. And I think there's a parallel with our role as Christians in the world that, that we ought to enhance life. Just the way that we live our life for the glory of God ought to bring out something of the goodness of life as God intended it to be. So that's part of being a salty Christian. Salt adds flavor. It enhances taste. Now, of course, you also probably know that in Jesus' day, people used salt as a preservative. That was the other function, and really probably the primary function that they thought of when they heard the word salt. They used it as a preservative. Salt absorbs water. Water is a breeding ground for bacteria and mold, so salt prevents decay and corruption from happening. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, this is how you ought to be in the culture. You ought to prevent decay and corruption from happening in the world. I was thinking about the ways that Christians have been salt in history and in culture. And I'm sure you can think about, as you just think about the history of the Western world, how Christianity has influenced and enhanced culture for the good. Think about music, art, architecture, literature, Think about the works of mercy that Christians have been involved in throughout history. For example, hospitals. Hospitals, they are a legacy of Christian charity and mercy. In fact, if you look on Wikipedia, the history of hospitals, there's a, there's a, there's a line in that entry on hospitals that says this. The hospital, in the sense of inpatient care, like we think of a hospital today, was an invention of, listen, Christian mercy, an invention of Christian mercy. And we can see that legacy in in our city as we go in and out of hospitals and drive by hospitals. Think about the names of these hospitals. They bear witness to a Christian legacy, don't they? St. Luke's, Mercy, which was St. John's, St. Joseph's. And uh, we have here in St. Louis Ascension Healthcare Networks, which is the largest nonprofit healthcare network in the United States as a ministry of Catholic charity. So we can be proud of this legacy as Christians that we have been salt in the world. And we're, continued, we're continually called to carry that on. The other image that Jesus uses here is light. He says, You are the light of the world. That's another role that we play, light. I find it interesting that Jesus uses this image to refer to his disciples. You are the light of the world. And he said the same thing about himself 
in John chapter 8. He said, I am the light of the world. Now here he's saying, you're the light of the world. And later he says, I am the light of the world. Which is it? Well, it's both. We are the light of the world as we look to the light of Christ. We reflect something of the goodness of God and the goodness of Christ as, again, we seek to live out these character qualities that he teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount. We reflect something of the goodness, the truth, and the light of God in our life. There's a Christian musician and songwriter that we like to listen to named Sarah Groves, and she has this song called You Are the Sun. She's singing it to Jesus, and she says, I am the moon. I don't have any light of my own. But you've made me to shine. I know I can't be light until I turn my face to you. So we're like the moon. We don't have any light in and of ourselves. Not the kind of light that Jesus is talking about here. But as we look to him, as we turn to him, as we grow in our relationship with him, we can reflect that light to others, to the culture, to the world around us. What does light do? What does this image mean as we think about our distinctive role as disciples of Christ? What is the function of light? Well, light dispels the darkness. Like it punches a hole in the darkness. And it doesn't take a whole lot of light to illuminate the darkness, does it? Just a little bit of light can push aside the darkness enough for us to see and and to, to walk forward. And we probably all have in our Houses a little night light so that in the middle of the night, this little light will guide us. We don't stub our toe or trip over toys like would happen in my house without that little night light or the crack of the door of the bathroom so we can make our way in the dark. The presence of just a little light dispels the darkness. And that's important for us to remember as Americans in this culture. Again, in a, in a, in a culture that's increasingly becoming post-Christian and more secular. We see a lot of darkness around us. Darkness of immorality, sexual sin. Darkness of hatred and racism and violence. The darkness of dishonesty and corruption in our highest institutions. And we look at this and we say, what difference can we make? And Jesus is saying, you do make a difference. As you are light in those situations, in your families, in your neighborhoods, in your schools, you are making a difference as you shine for Christ. So light dispels the darkness. Light reveals things that are hidden. Light reveals the truth. And that's who we ought to be in this culture. We ought to be truth tellers. We ought to speak up for the truth in love and share who we are and who Christ is. So this is our role in the, in the world. This is our influence. Notice Jesus doesn't say, I want you to try to be salt and I want you to try to be light. He's saying, be who you are. I've brought you into this kingdom. I'm shaping you to be my followers. Now let that loose in the way that you live your life. And you'll make a difference. You see, the danger is that that we don't live this out. That's what Jesus is warning here about. He says, if salt loses its taste, How shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So we're to stay salty as Christians. And and that means we, we need to maintain our commitment to being the kind of people that Christ calls us to be 
in those Beatitudes that we talked about last week. If we, if we don't do that, if we're not committed to living under the rule and reign of God and embodying those character qualities that Jesus talks about, we will lose our saltiness. We'll lose our distinctiveness because we'll become just like everybody else in the culture. But as we commit to being those kind of people with God's grace, we will be salt. And for salt to be effective, it has to, it has to be used. What good is salt in a salt shaker if it doesn't ever come out? What good is it if it doesn't make contact with the, with the meat or the potatoes or the green beans or whatever else you use? We have to get out of our salt shaker. We have to get out in the world and ask ourselves the question, how can I be salt right where God has placed me? How can I enhance? How can I bring out what is good? How can I protect against further decay? So for a Christian in business, this would look like uh, somebody in business, a Christian man or woman saying to themselves, you know what, I'm committed to being honest in my business practices. No matter matter what my competitors may do, I'm going to be honest. Or I'm not going to undermine my colleague or my competitor in a dishonest way because I'm trusting God for this business and I'm trusting God for this career. That's salt. Or a Christian student who, who determines, you know what, I'm not going to go with the flow. I'm not going to join in when other students are bullying the, the person who's a little different. No, I'm going to befriend that person. That would be salt. A Christian family member who says, you know, if, if, if there's slander and gossip and people in my family tearing each other down when they get together, I'm not going to join in. I'm going to encourage people. I'm, I'm going to work for reconciliation. I'm going to pray for reconciliation and forgiveness where that needs to happen in my family. That's being a salty Christian. And then Jesus says, let your light shine. It doesn't make any sense for the light to be hidden. It doesn't make any sense to have a lamp that's supposed to shine and give light and put a basket on top of it. And you can't hide a city that's set on a hill. The city is going to be distinctive. Everybody's going to see it. And that's how we are to be as followers of Jesus Christ. Let your light shine before others. Let your light shine. Now, that's easy to hear. It's not always easy to do. There are a couple of reasons, I think, why we are tempted to to not live into this, what Jesus is teaching. One is simply fear. Jesus says, don't hide your light. Well, why do we hide our light sometimes? Why do we hide who we are? Well, it's because maybe we're afraid of what people might think. They might think that we're... Jesus freaks that we're odd, that we're out of step. I I sometimes feel this way when people ask me, what do you do for a living? This happened maybe, I think it was maybe three or four months ago. I was working a concession stand duty for one of our kids' ball games, and I had been there all night working with a couple of guys. And they had been using some colorful language (laughs) and telling some interesting stories. I was just waiting at the end of the night. Maybe I'll get away and they won't ask me the question. (laughs) And then they did. Ben, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a minister. And you should have seen the look of horror on his face. (laughs) What have I said, he said. What have I been saying? Well, that's, that's one of the character qualities of light. Some people don't like the light because it uncovers the darkness. But uh, out of that, we had some interesting conversations, some good conversation about his own faith and his journey. He, he had been in church and been in and out of church, and so we, we had some good conversation around this. But let's not cover up who we are. Let's not be afraid. 
and let's, let's get out there. Again, the, the salt can only be effective when it makes contact with the meat, with the potatoes, with the eggs, with the green beans. So sometimes I think we're tempted to stay in our salt shaker and just to huddle around other light bearers. And there's a world of darkness and decay out there. And Christ is calling us to make a difference. Well, um, brothers and sisters, Jesus says that when we live our lives this way, we will give glory to God. We will give glory to God. Let your light shine before others so that they may give glory to your Father who is in heaven. As they see your good works. What are the good works? Well, again, I think there's a connection here with the Beatitudes. The good works flow from these character qualities of being merciful, of being a peacemaker, of having purity of heart. And as people see this, it will make a difference. Sometimes we get discouraged in this culture. How can we make a difference? And Jesus is telling us, just be who I've called you to be by my grace. You see, non-Christians need to see Christian marriages that are lived out authentically. They need to see a husband and wife loving each other sacrificially. Non-Christians need to see families where the, the, the children are raised and nurtured in the Lord, and they're secure in the love that the parents have. Non-Christians need to see single Christians living out their faith and a commitment to moral purity and a commitment to serving the Lord with joy and gladness and fulfillment. Non-Christians need to see Christian business people living out their faith in the marketplace. Non-Christians need to see us as a community taking care of one another and loving one another. And when they see that, Jesus says, one reaction is they will give glory to God. Now, there's another response he talked about in the Beatitudes, which is persecution. So there's no guarantee. I mean, some people respond by trying to squelch the light. But some people respond and they say, that person, there's something different about them. It must be their relationship with God, and that gives glory to God. So I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage somebody today who might be feeling discouraged that, you know what, I'm really not making a difference. Well, as you live your life of faith out, you are making a difference. Jesus says it. You're bringing glory to God. And I want to challenge us today. Let's not hide who we are. Let's not hide the light. Let's recommit ourselves to being an influence for good and for the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do just that. To be salt, to be light, wherever you've called us in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our schools. Help us to discern what your will is here, God. We can look around us and see where do we need to, to, to be a witness for what is good and wholesome, beautiful and true. Where do we need to stem the tide of corruption and decay? How can we bring light in the darkness? How can we speak truth? How can we be a guide for others? God, give us the wisdom that we need to navigate these things. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand?